Do siebie było? Let's just pray before we come around the Lord's Word. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us. There's something in store for us. Heavenly Father, as we pray, my Lord, I pray that you from a minister to your church, my Lord. Lord, I pray, my Lord, that you have your way amongst us, my Lord. I pray, my God, that it's your word, my Lord, is a lamp unto our feet, my Lord. But Lord, I pray, my Father, that you would help us, my Lord, to receive from you, my God, this night. Encourage us, I ask. Bless us, I pray. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you come minister to us this night. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. As we go through the book of Acts, as we do with the Word of God, we here in our church, we go verse by verse. Probably sick of me saying that. But we go, we, we don't skip nothing. If the, what the Bible says, that's what we teach. Not just randomness, but we go verse by verse. And tonight we're in the book of Acts, chapter 21. There's only 28 chapters, I think, from this, uh, in this book. So, we're getting right the way through it. Praise the Lord. Don't know where we're going to go next. We might go to Romans, I don't know, but Acts at the minute. Verse 15. Verse 15. Acts 21, verse 15. That's what the Bible says. And after those days, we packed and went up to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us and brought us with them a certain man, man's name is Manson of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we lodge, with, in whom we went to lodge. <coughs> And when we had come to Jerusalem, the brethren received us gladly. Verse 18 says, On the following day, on the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. When we had agreed, uh, when we had greeted them, he told he told um, the details those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. Just stop there for a minute. Here we have Paul. We have Paul on his missionary journey. He's, it's been five years since Paul was back in Jerusalem. So it's five years ago. And it gets there and it's a big thing. Paul wants to get there. You know when we've been reading throughout the, the, the weeks that we've been studying it here, we can see that Paul for a long time has desired to get to, to Jerusalem so that he could take part in the Passover, that Paul has desired to get there and he wanted to get back to it. Now, we know Jerusalem, we know that it's... Um, for those that have been to Israel, I want to tell you, it's, there's no holier of a place than here tonight. Amen. It's not. You go there, it's fantastic, the things that you see... The things that, 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 that it's unbelievable. It's like the Bible in 3D. It's very, very good. But you can meet with Jesus here or there. It makes God is everywhere. It doesn't make that place more holy than this. But that is something that God has set apart. That is God's own. 
and it was for his people. But Jesus is now he's made it for everyone. But for the Jewish people, Israel and Jerusalem will always be its own. It's hard to talk to a load of travellers, myself included, standing here. Where do we call on? Well, where is it? Well, well, what, what, what is our homeland? I ain't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. We had, I remember we had a fellow called Jay Smith once. He wanted us to all say that we are, yeah, we're from Kent, we're people of Kent. And we was all like, yeah, we are, but we, we, we can live in Manchester next week. It don't really matter to us, you know what I mean? We can go, and he was going, what? I've never, I've never been to people that wouldn't, yeah, well, no, we're not from nowhere really. And that's what it is. We, we, we wouldn't call our, but these people, Jerusalem, is their own own, it's their own land, it's their own place. And Paul wanted to get back to there and to meet the brothers that was there. Remember, Paul was a Jew. Paul had spent time there. He'd spent time in uh, Jerusalem. He was a man that, at the beginning of his missionary journey, at the beginning of this, I think it's Acts, was it 8 or 9? Acts 8 or 9, where Paul met with Christ and uh, on the Damascus Road. It was right there. And... I think it was, I read a commentator and he said that it was 10 years before Paul started his missionary, started preaching, went to the church and started helping out. He had 10, year, 10 years of, of learning the things of the Lord. He went to Arabia, he went to these places where the Lord ministered to him. That's why we've got Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 11.23, Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, in the same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it. Was Paul there at the table? So was Paul lying? Paul wasn't. Paul met with Christ in a supernatural way and even in Arabia, he had a relationship with the Lord. And God, knew, God spoke to him. So that's why Paul could say that it, it, this is it, this is what happened. This is the night in which Jesus was betrayed. And can you imagine how Paul went... What Paul had, Christ had teached him himself, but Paul was separate really from the Jews that was in Jerusalem at the time because nobody wanted to talk to him. No one wanted Paul, nobody wanted Paul Random. Paul was a murderer of Christians. That's what Paul did. He went out, got Christians killed and locked up. Do you know what I tell you something about, and we'll, read, we'll follow this in a minute. But Rome at that time was the leader of the world. Roman Empire was the leaders of the world. They was the gatherers of the world. They said what had to go on. They said that what had to take place. And they governed Jerusalem. But in set one way. Do you know what that was? When it came to the temple, the Jews could kill somebody for defiling the temple. If they'd done something that was wrong, they could say, this man, he's done it wrong, kill him. And the, the Roman Empire at that time would agree with them. They'd give them power over that. And Rome would, they would want, they would encourage others to have their own religion. Oh yeah, you're, you're alright, you can, you can keep your own religion. Yeah, we'll give you that, but as long as you pay tax to, to Rome. To, in, even in Israel, you see the, the Antonian Fortress. I'm not saying that right, am I? Antonian Which is higher than the temple. So we, they could watch what was going on over it. So with that in mind, 
that when we go later on, but Paul gets back to Jerusalem. This is like the start of it, the place where it's all at. Paul wants to get round the other elders that's there. He wants to start talking and he's travelled. And when he gets there, he's welcomed. He stays with that man called Manson. And if I've got that right, you know I'm a bad pronunciation of names. Manason. Manason, alright. He... They stay with him, they welcomed him in, they stayed out. And you know something, brothers, I'll tell you what is good about this man. I've never read this man's name anywhere else in the Bible. Mentioned just this one time. Just this one time. And if that was the one job that this man did, he was going to be remembered forever for doing it. <laughs> what a great work, just doing something for the Lord. Just doing that one thing. Just maybe he'd done loads of things for the Lord. But all he done was, was come welcome Paul in. And they get to Jerusalem. They stay there tonight. They stay there gladly. They're happy to see one another. They're happy to see Paul. Paul hasn't been there for five years. They're, they're, they're happy to be on that journey. Luke's there with them, we know. It says on the following morning, they have a, Paul has a meeting with, the, with James. Why is it mentioned James here? James and the other elders, it says. Doesn't name the other elders, but we know like possibly Peter and the others. There was other elders there at the time. But it names James. And this is a part what the, the this is a part here what the Catholic Church don't like. Because James, not Peter, is the leading elder of the church in Jerusalem. Many of them have the for, for Catholics they have Peter as the leader. And then they want to hand that down, Peter, and then to the next one, to the next one, and then that's where we get the Pope from. But that's not true here. James was the elder. James was the man, not Peter. James was also, he had a brother, or an half-brother. Who knows his name? Jesus. James's half-brother was Jesus. i tell you what I like about James. James wrote a book, obviously, it's called the book of James, in the New Testament. Do you know what James says? He says, listen, you do all what I say because my brother's Jesus and I know what I'm talking about. Amen. James doesn't say that. You know what James says? I'm a bondservant to Jesus. You know what James says? I'm his servant. How many of you have got brothers and sisters in here? <laughs> do you say that, yeah, I'm his servant? James knew who he was. James knew that he was the Christ. And James would say, I am his bondservant. He never used his, his brother's power to empower himself. He never said, look, Jesus is my brother. I know what I'm talking about. Here I am. He never done that. James didn't even know that his brother was the Messiah until Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again, and then Jesus appeared to him. After he appeared to him, James, it, the penny dropped. Yes, you are the Christ. And then after that, James becomes a servant. Do you know, who can tell me James' nickname? Anybody know? Camel's Knees. James had a nickname, and his name was Camel's Knees. Because it meant that he'd spent so much time in prayer that his knees went hard and callous. It, it was like, um, like hard, like the skin on the bottom of your feet. That's what it would be like. And that's why they called him Camel's Knees. Because he spent more time praying to his Father in heaven 
After it had all taken place, he spent time in communication. And James, that's why James is a great man. And it says that James is there and they go in and tell. And it says that in verse 18, on the following day, Paul went to see, Paul went with us to James and the elders were, ple- uh, were present. When they, had, when they had greeted them, he told them the details, those, we, those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. Can you imagine Paul is giving it in detail? Do you know what that means? It meant like bit by bit. He was telling him all the major details of the story that went on. I travelled here, I was shipwrecked, there was day and night in the water, I come out, a snake bit me, I shook it, shook it off, I preached the gospel, they got saved. Um, I went to Ephesus, there was 12 people there, they was worshipping the Lord, they didn't really know, they was Jewish people. I told them a more excellent way, they accepted Jesus Christ. I stayed three years in, in Ephesus where they... They, when we preached the gospel, we set up a church there. Uh, there was a riot, and then we moved on. We went to another place, and then people give their life to the Lord. And the, the marvelous things that he had done—can you imagine, like the, the, the shadow of Peter, uh, or the shadow of him, or these things that had took place? I think that was the shadow of Peter. But the, all these things that had took place, that Paul is now giving it bit by bit by bit. He's telling them verse by verse of everything that went on. And I'll tell you what I liked here. I'll tell you what I liked. Paul says that I told them everything that God had done. There was no pride in that, was there? Paul never gave a testimony and said, yeah, and i done this, and then I went here. And he wasn't gaining glory for himself. All glory that Paul was talking about was glory to God. Do you know why? Because Paul knew that he couldn't do it. We have people, some people give testimony, some people talk about the Lord. Yes, I went out and I saved 12 people tonight. You, you ain't, who done it? Well, you as the vessel that God used, I'll praise the Lord, but we are to give glory to God. Do you know what the Bible says? The men are to see your good works and glorify your Heavenly Father. Be careful of man worship. Be careful of, oh, he's a good man, or this happens when he starts. Or is it, this is a, we know that we have men that have, have got ministries or people that are blessed. The Lord blesses them in different ways. But all that goes glory to God. Amen. The Bible says, what did you receive that God didn't give you? And he is talking about ministry. He's talking about us as Christians. What did you, that, that you can boast in that God didn't give you? <coughs> what, what, what can you boast in? Can't boast in nothing. If we boast and we boast in the Lord. The Lord got me here tonight. The Lord provided my needs so that I can come. It's not in our ability. And Paul would say this and say, that God has done this through me, that God done it, all glory to the Lord, all to him. Be careful of it. Be wise about that, brothers and sisters. When somebody tries to gain glory for themselves, Paul didn't. When he told the story to these men who was in authority over him, he gave glory to God. All the churches that he set up, everything that went on. Verse 19, he says, And when they had greeted them, he told them, 
He told them in details all the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord. They never fell down and worshipped Paul. What did they do? They glorified God. Everything that goes on. If a miracle takes place, if someone comes to this front tonight and a miracle takes place, that's glory to the Lord, not to anybody else. We should all give thanks to God. Not when we get home and go, tell you what happened tonight. Fella come down and Charles prayed for him. And I'll tell you what, he must have said something great or something went on and Charles yet, we're going to go next week and we're going to go and get prayer for him. Don't worry about Joseph and Johnny, we're just going to go to him. That would be wrong. Because it's not me that has done it. It would be God. And they glorified God in it. We have to be careful when men take glory for things that God's doing. If God's doing it, God's doing it. Forget the man. Forget the person. Forget who's saying it. Forget the person who's prayed. It's God. What ability have I got? (laughs) Nothing. Only what God gives me. So the Lord said to him, uh, you see, brothers, how many... Right. Sorry. Verse 19. Um, the Gentiles. Verse 20. And when they heard this, they glorified the Lord. And then they said to him, you see, brother, how many myriads of Jews, that means thousands and thousands, they are who have believed and they are zealous for the law. Now, Paul's gone out and he's done a work amongst the Gentiles, the Gentile church. Ephesus was probably be the first church in Europe, if you like. I know it's Turkey, but it's this side. And it was to have been the first church that Paul had planted. And then the other churches that go around, Paul has planted them to the Gentiles. So Jerusalem... Is, is where the Jews go to worship and there's a, a, a big Jewish conversion, thousands of them, who have accepted the Lord. But he's saying like, now he's saying, there are people here that are still zealous, that are saved, but they're still zealous for the law. So, the Old Testament, to live by the Old Testament. The Christians here, the Jewish believers, was obeying the law. Now, we know the law of God. The Bible says that it's our tutor. Without the law, none of us would know that we're sinners. The Bible says thou shalt, shalt not murder, but it says thou shalt not bear false witness, meaning lying. That's, that's, that's the law of God. These are the laws. And listen, we'd be all good to live by them, wouldn't we? Jesus hasn't come to abolish them to say, look, they're no good no more. He come to fulfil them, that he lived them. But all them laws. But he was saying the Jewish people, they've accepted Christ, but they're still obedient to the laws. They still live by the laws. They're zealous for it. But in verse 21, it says this. But they have been informed about you, that you teach all Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, saying that they ought not to be circumcised, their children, 
not to walk according to the customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear you, uh, for hear you have come. So he's talking to them and he's saying, Paul, you've preached and you've been amongst the Gentiles and you've taught them that you don't need to live by the law. This is what you've taught them. Is this true, Paul? Now, Paul has been brought in to the elders now in Jerusalem. One's Jesus' brother. There would have been disciples there. People that would have known Jesus face to face. So here we have this... um, Here we have Paul being pulled over the coals by these brothers, if you like. Now, Paul, some things here you've got to notice. Paul knew what it was like to be in authority and Paul knew what it was like to be under authority. Paul here, Paul here had brothers that was over him in authority. Now remember, Paul's planted churches. He's done great works, but he's still under authority. There are brothers there that are talking to him and saying, right, this is what's gone on, let's sort it out. And Paul has to give an account for what he's done. And let me tell you something, I'll tell you something about air churches. Be very, very weary of a church when their pastor doesn't come under the authority of anybody. That's dangerous. And we set up as a mission. We have elders in our mission and we have a disciplinary committee. We also have elders to the mission which are all the ministers. All the ministers, if we see the eldership doing something that's wrong, like the... the, uh, Another word for the elders. Executive. If we see them doing something wrong, we can ask them, we can tell the disciplinary committee, and they can sort that out. If you in this congregation see me, Joseph or Johnny, doing something that we shouldn't, you can go to the other one, you can go, if I'm doing something wrong, you can go to Joseph and say, what's he doing? If I don't listen, if me and him's in agreement, but we're still going, you go to the eldership. You go to the disciplinary, you go to the, the way that this mission is run and say, Brothers, what's going on with this man? This man's out here and he's talking a lot of rubbish. So we have authority. We're in authority, but we come under authority. Every one of us. Be weary when somebody doesn't answer to anybody. Even Paul, who set up churches, who set it all up, set up the Gentile churches, done great works, when he gets to Jerusalem, he comes under the authority of the other men that was there. Let me tell you something about that. No man's an island, no matter how he wants to be. No man has the whole truth, no matter who he thinks he is. We have the word of God, we trust in the Lord. But we can all go astray. Unless we come under authority, unless we come under it, we come, where do we go? We just live how we want to live, doing what we want to do. And let me tell you something, we're all under the authority of Christ. We're all under the authority of the Word of God. If the Word of God says it, we do it. If it doesn't say it, we leave it out. We don't. If it tells us to stop, what do we do? If it tells us that's sin, we stop it. <coughs> so here we have Paul, and this it blessed me when I read this and I thought about it. No matter all the marvellous works that God did with him, no matter all the churches that he planted, when he gets to Jerusalem, he comes under the authority of his elders. They talk to him and he goes, all right, yeah, I'll do what you want me to do. 
We have heard that you have said that the Jews no longer have to live by the law. And let me tell you something. Their customs, their traditions, they went from Moses in the, in the wilderness all the way through. They had their customs and their traditions. It's what God set up. But that was for the Jewish people. That was what it was for. Paul wasn't doing away with it. Paul would say, I become all things to all men to win them for Christ. To the Jews, I become a Jew. To the Gentiles, I become a Gentile. When Paul went to, to, to Athens, he stood up amongst them and preached to an unknown God. He used what was around them to preach the word of God. He used everything. So Paul wasn't trying to do away with um, <coughs> the old traditions. But Paul was saying, you don't need the old traditions for salvation. For salvation is free in Christ. Your old way, your old rule, doesn't matter. You can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour right here, right now. You don't have to go and live under the law. You can eat a bacon sandwich if you want to eat a bacon sandwich. He was saying you don't have to live that way. Christ has set us free. And that's just what he was saying. There was people that got caught up, Jewish people, whilst Paul was preaching, and the, the Gentiles was there, Jewish people was hearing and going, oh, I don't need to do this, I don't need to do this. When, when Paul led Timothy to the Lord, his father was a Greek, his mother was a Jew. Have I got that the right way round? John, do you know that? Father and mother? Yeah. I think that was the right way round. Yeah. But in order for Paul to use Timothy to the Jews... He circumcised him. He said, now you can go and preach to the, Gentile, uh, to the Jews and the Gentiles now. So Paul didn't, he wasn't saying you can't have these traditions, they, you've abolished them. He was saying that you use them as a witness to preach the gospel. That's what Paul was doing. And then when he gets there, and this is important because this leads up to his arrest, but I'm not going to get there. But this is what happens. When he gets into this place, <coughs> When he gets into the temple, they arrest him because of it. This is the man that's trying to cause a rough. You don't need to live, you don't need to be a Jew to get God. You can do what you want, live how you want, you can be like a Gentile, just accept Jesus. It says this what then the verse twenty two, what then the assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. Therefore, do what we tell you, and we have four men who have taken a vow. Take them, and be purified with them, and pay the expenses, so that you may shave their heads, and that they may know that those things of which were informed concerning you are nothing, but that they yourselves also walk orderly and keep the law. So now these men are trying to keep Paul's testimony amongst the Jews. They're trying to keep his testimony together and they said, right, this is what we've decided. There's four men, they took a vow. Now the vow was a vow of a Nazarene, a Nazarene, like where they shaved their hair, they wouldn't touch anything that was uh, from the grape, that meant that they wouldn't touch any alcohol, they wouldn't touch anything like that and they would, for a certain time which they have set, and it was customary that if you was a wealthy man, 
and you would see a poor person that wanted to take this vow, but he couldn't afford the offering, he couldn't afford the barber, he couldn't afford these things, that they would pay for them. So the Paul has got four men now, they've selected out, these men have taken this vow, you go and pay for them. So that means that you can show the full assembly that you still keep the law. You can be a witness to them, you can still keep it. And that's what his brothers did for him. You know what his brothers was doing? They was making the best of the situation that they was in. They said, right, we want you to be a testimony to the Jews here, to win them for Christ. And this is what we've said, that this is going to be the best. So that they see you and they know that the report that the people are saying is all false. So here, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to help you. We're trying to help you be a better witness. We're trying to help you do these things. Brothers and sisters, when your pastors tell you, what, like, give up smoking. Come on, come serve the Lord. Give up. It's, not because, it's, it's to help you, not to help us. It's to help you serve the Lord better. Not for us. When there's things that's going on in your life that ain't quite right, it's a little bit loose. There's a little bit of a company that you're keeping or there's something that's going on that's not quite right. And your brothers are trying to encourage you to stop doing it. It's so that you would have a testimony so that you could speak to all men about the word of the Lord. That's what these was doing here. They was trying to keep his testimony so that he could still witness to the Jews. I'll finish with this verse, verse 25, and it says, But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have have written and decided that we should observe, that they should observe no such thing except that they should keep themselves from offering to idols, from blood, and from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. And that's what he was saying to the, like, this would be good for the Jewish people, this, uh, for the Gentile people, this is what they are to abstain from. Not all the other laws, not all the other decrees, not everything else, these things. Don't go to things that's offered to idols. Don't go, <coughs> don't, um, Keep away from sexual immorality. And he was saying these things, this is what we're going to accept that they're saved if they keep with these things. And brothers and sisters, it's the, it's the bare minimum what he was telling them. Look, Gentiles haven't been brought up their way. Gentiles haven't been brought up with their customs and their traditions. Gentiles wasn't brought out of Egypt, if you like. They, they didn't have all these ordinances. And he says, if they obey this, this is good enough for them. They can be saved. But look, these are the things that we've taught that they should keep away from. When you read this and study it and have it in your mind, it was all done so that people could be one for Christ. That they wouldn't set the bar so high that Gentiles wouldn't get saved. Or they wouldn't set the bar so low that the Jewish people would have a problem getting to Jesus. They would, they would bring it, if you're a Jew, come as you are. If you're a Gentile, come as you are. Come and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. And that's why Christ is for all. It's for everybody. The Bible says that Jesus came to that which was his own, but his own received him not. That Jesus was a Jewish man who died upon the cross for the sins of the whole world. The Bible says for God so loved the whole world, every single one of us. And when Jesus came to this world and he died upon that cruel cross... He showed them through the Jewish customs and traditions how they would sacrifice a lamb, how it would be, and then God would sacrifice his own self, a lamb, which would be himself, which would be Christ. 
And when you study the law and you see what God was doing, he was showing these people what Christ had to do. He was showing them all the way through, all the minor details. Us as Gentiles don't understand it. We don't read the Bible with a, with a, with a Jewish idea or a Jewish mindset. We don't. We don't know what that is. But you know something, there is gold in it. When you start to understand what the Jewish tradition was, what their custom was, there was gold in it. There was things in it that we can learn from. But I'll tell you what is great. Jesus loves me as much as anybody else on the planet. He loves you as much as everybody else on this planet. Uh, the great thing is, there's nothing that you've did that God, can make God love you less. Nothing that you can do can make God say, you know what, I've had sick of him, don't love him no more. There's nothing that you could do. And there's nothing you could do to make God love you more. Oh, I'll give all my money to the poor, I'll do this, I'll do great works. It doesn't mean God's going to love you anymore, he loves you. No matter what. He loves you no matter what. He loves the Jewish people no matter what. He loves the Gentile people. And you know what? He even loves us poor old gypsy people the same way. In the book of Revelations, the Bible says that those that were in heaven were from every tribe and every tongue. Every tribe and every tongue. Christ saves all. Every nation of people, every breed of people they're going to be in heaven. And I'll give God all the praise and all the glory for that. And you know, tonight, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Saviour, I want to tell you that he died on the cruel cross. He never stayed dead. Three days later, he rose from death to life, where he sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for each and every one of us. And the Bible says that all that would call upon him shall be saved. You should be forgiven of your sin. That account be wiped clean. Because Jesus loves you. He came to this cruel, wicked world because of you. The gospel was preached throughout the world. This in the Bible here, we have the book of Acts that we're studying through. This is how the church started 2,000 years ago. And it's exactly the same gospel that we preach today. No different. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he will be the same forever. He will always be the lamb that was slain for us. He will always be that. And the gospel message is always that clear. Jesus loves you. He died. He took your place. Give you of your sin. Accept Jesus Christ. Accept what he did. I believe that's what he did for me. Pray, repent of your sin. Accept Jesus Christ. And you'll be forgiven. Let's have a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, I do thank you, my Jesus. Lord, and I do pray, my God, that you would come minister to us, my God, this night, my Lord. And I thank you, my God, for your word. My Lord, I thank you, my God, for the, the simplicity of the gospel, my God, that went out to all people, to all, all people throughout the world. And I pray, my God, this night, my Lord, if there's any person in here that doesn't know you, I pray, my God, before they leave this place, they will accept you as the Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name.